0: It seems like in our information-saturated society, it is increasingly difficult to remember what we hear or read or even see. And how do we better engage the ideas found in the books and the art and even movies we watch? Well, we should all commonplace. It's the secret practice of some of the greatest thinkers, from John Locke to Ronald Reagan. And whether you're a parent, an educator, or a student, this Basecamp Live episode is for you. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation, get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it ancient future education for raising the next generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens here live with Mr. Kelly Barber.
1: Davies, great to see you in big spacious confines today
0: yeah we're in a big Good conference stuff. room because we have so many people here we just need to we need to expand out a bit I love it so we're going to talk about uh, a life hack that is um, well it's called common placing but I'll explain why I think that's a life hack but, but first just because it's kind of all the rage these days life hacks you know finding solutions to things someone might have thought of you got a life hack for us Connor? yeah I do I,
1: I'm going to steal one from one of our guests but turning your toaster on its side yeah to reheat pizza
0: <clears throat> wow pretty smart that's pretty and then it pops out on the floor and they have to go buy it yeah that's really good But that's part of the game yeah Yeah. well sitting next to me is mr chris brown chris is a part of the ambrose school here you've served in many roles you've taught fourth grade you've you're currently teaching 7th and 10th, I believe?
2: Yeah, that's true. Thank you very much for having me, Davies. I'm excited to be
0: here. Yeah, and you've served in the upper school dean roles and administrative, so you've seen teaching side, administrative side, and you're a big fan of commonplace. But 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 Chris, you've also been a river guide and you've done some in-
2: many interesting things in your life. You got a life hack for us? Um, yes, I do. If you're out picnicking or you happen to be in Hell's Canyon on a whitewater <laughs> rafting trip and the wind picks up while you're trying to picnic, grab a handful of clothespins and use them <clears throat> to hold down your tablecloth. Nice. Works every time. Yeah. a like diver. That's
0: good stuff. Well, I just right don't here. know why river guides are carrying clothespins, but that's a whole other uh, episode for another day, I suppose. But at any rate, that's good, yeah. Prepared. And 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 Kelly introduced our guest here, and maybe they've got a life hack too. So, yeah. so we've
1: got two juniors here from the Ambrose School. Uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing both of them for a long time. Kristen Stanchu, who is a big participant in our mock trial program and has been yeah. on this podcast before. She has. It's a good episode. You should hear it, yeah. Yeah, she did a great job. And Rivers Nordquist, who is a... Multi talented uh,
3: personality at
0: their yeah.
1: school. <laughs> and uh, right now, I'm trying to convince her that basketball is her favorite
0: sport. There you go. So that's a classical sport, isn't it? Thank Very you guys much. so much for both yeah. having Do us. Do either <laughs> of you have a life hack you'd like to quickly offer up? So, other than go with common placing. it's a good one. It's where you catch in here. We're <laughs> going to, you know, what am I, what is this? People are saying, what is he talking about and what is this upset about? Well, I, I thought of the life hack idea. And, and when I think about one of the greatest challenges, I think we all face is just how little we remember. And it's, it's pretty disturbing when you think about, at least according to what I know, it's my brain gets older, what I often don't remember. But when we think about often in classical Christian schools, we have 150 of the greatest books of Western civilization, <laughs> but we don't remember any of them. I yeah. mean, how many of us remember what we did in school? I mean, name a book you studied in high school, Kelly. You got one? I mean, maybe. Hamlet. What do you remember? <sighs> well, and, you, and you probably remember, I mean, I don't, it's I just remember hard. remember the movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, it's, it is hard because our brains can only handle so much. The yeah. RAM memory gets full. I, I saw a quote recently, Pamela Paul, who's the um, editor of the New York Times Book Review. So there's a person who leads, reads a lot of books. And she says, I remember the edition. I remember the cover. I usually remember where I bought it or who gave it to me. But I don't remember what's in it. It's very terrible. Mm. Uh, and, and that's just kind of where we are as humans. So the the life hack I want us to think about is how do we really – uh, preserve and maximize this education, whether we're a student going through it or whether we're an adult um, later in life trying to figure out how do we read and keep up with things. And there's this idea of commonplacing that's been around actually way back since uh, the Romans. So so maybe just start out with it. What is commonplacing? Chris, what is this thing?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, Davies. I, I remember when I was new to um, education in, in general as a teacher, but classical education specifically, I kept h- hearing this, term being thrown around and I had, I and mean, when it was like the mystical jabberwocky, I had no idea what it is. And of course, as a new teacher, I can't, you know, a, a prideful guy, I didn't dare ask anybody and then reveal my own ignorance. So I had to, I went on this journey of my own. And um, really when I, um, uh, could put a definition to commonplacing and thought deeply about why we do it and what it accomplishes. I really fell in love with the practice. So all it is, is the, um, the practice of when you are engaging with a great writer taking their ideas, their beautiful passages, and then going through the process of thinking deeply about them and then recording them in a quote-unquote commonplace that is a book of your own um, where you can uh, write them down, record them um, Mm. with other passages from other writers um, that transcend the ages, and then you've got them all in a commonplace for reference later.
0: I can't help but wonder, is it called commonplace? Because we'd forget where we put it. So it has to be in a common place. <laughs> yeah, that could very well be <laughs> I'm just thinking we're going to go really simple. Like just put it in a common place. We remember it. I looked at the de- the definition of, of a common place. It's compiling knowledge for future reference. I thought, well, that makes sense. Cause yeah. it, let's save it for when we need it.
2: Yeah. And, and one of the um, pitfalls of common placing is, you know, the idea that it's, a a journal, um, you know, there's an important distinction to be drawn between journaling, you know, not that I'm anti journaling or anything. I think it has its place too, Mm -hmm. but commonplacing is very different in the sense that journaling is more of an inward reflection. Here's how I feel. Here's where I think, where with commonplacing really what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring ourselves and our students into, um, contact with, ideas that transcend themselves. Yeah. Um, so,
0: and, and maybe just to jump to, and we're going to, we're going to get our students plugged in here. I went out. You've actually, you get, you guys have actually brought some commonplace and I want to kind of f- understand how you're experiencing it and using it, but maybe kind of to get to the end of the story. The great thing about this is that imagine, and, and I know here at Ambrose kindergarten, kindergarten is actually commonplace, which is pretty amazing because they can't even write really. I mean, so it's parents are probably writing that for them. Um, they can write, but it's you know it's as you go through it. But imagine by the time you get to twelfth grade, you've got these bound books on a shelf that have captured the living ideas of the greatest books of Western civilization. It's pretty cool. Imagine yeah. I, I can't imagine going to my freshman year of college and like bring on that paper. Like, well, I, like
1: and yeah, and I think Chris can relate to this. We're hearing stories now about kids who are going, oh, I already read this book in high school. My paper's already written for my freshman year of college yeah. because I have all these quotes I can go back, yeah. pull out these themes and understand and recall. Exactly what it is. I did.
0: Yeah. So is it commonplace? So it's not. It's not a journal. You're actually writing down the exact content within that book. It's not. You're not adding to it. You're just. Writing yeah, it that's down. correct. Okay. I mean, there are
2: um, variations or iterations in which teachers will ask them to add a sentence or two yeah. reflecting on yeah. the quote. But the real key, the meat of it, the the heart of it, is that you're recording um, great quotes from great writers. Yeah. So, so
0: ladies, do you, do you, um, you've been commonplacing how long, when did you start?
4: I started in fifth grade. So that's six years. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for me. And that's,
0: we were talking before we got rolling. It wasn't because you didn't want to do it till then. We didn't have it. We just, as a school, we just realized that's so important. We've now backed it all the way to kindergarten. So, um, so when you commonplace, do you, um, is it, is it something that, um, how do you find what what passage I mean, is it just kind of where you get a warm, fuzzy when you're reading, or I mean, like what what makes it to the commonplace book?
3: Um, in about sixth grade, I think it was, uh, we I had Mrs. Tracy. And one of the huge things I remember about my sixth grade year was her teaching the class specifically how to pull important information out of the text. Mm -hmm. And so the whole year we spent going through different history readings and literature readings and working on highlighting things that struck us as important or valuable. And so that's kind of what I've carried over into my commonplacing experience. When I'm reading something, usually the thing that I highlight or commonplace is something that either gives me chills or is something that's super applicable to my life at that period in time. Um,
0: So So it may not even be the, and I just want to make sure because it can, there are times where teachers will think or will highlight this paragraph is really the turning point in the book. This is the richest idea. This is where it all happens. That would be a good commonplace. I would think because it's capturing a living idea, right? But it could also just be something that you found interesting or funny or it just caught you in some way.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the really special things about commonplacing is the quotes that you write down and the things that you have stored up for years afterwards are things that meant something to you. Mm. They weren't things that teachers told you to write or yep. that teachers said were important. You have them written down because yep. they're significant to you and your life.
0: That is significant, Rivers, because you own your education. And and you know, as I did a little, and, and Chris, you can speak as more of the expert on this, but I know historians have said that um, one historian I read said anyone with intellectual ambition in the 17th or 18th century was likely to keep a commonplace book. I mean, it was just what you did because it was, it was literally this, this cataloging of what you had learned. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. Rivers. It's, it's not just what the teacher said. It's actually what that book did to you or for you or awakened in you.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's also like we read the great books, we have these great ideas, these lists of great ideas like justice and freedom and virtue and what all those really mean are really defined by what we read in these books. So when we're reading Marcus Aurelius or reading all these other books and we see a passage that really encapsulates what justice means in more eloquent terminology than any of us could say right now, that's really what... I, one of the things I love about commonplacing is that I get to write down those words and yeah. remember them so that some, when somebody asks me, what does justice mean? I can refer back to that not only on my own knowledge.
0: Yeah. that's And that's th- this is back to the life hack. You're literally creating a system. So do you index it? I mean, do you actually create kind of a scheme? Like if you're you're interested in, you're writing a paper five years later on freedom, do you go back and did you index it some way so you can find that quote or you just remember them?
4: So usually, like, the Hmm. most important quotes I I just remember because some of them, they just strike me so much that I just remember which books were the most important and revelatory for me on that specific subject. But um, so far, we've indexed them based on the books we read so we can go back to the individual book. Starting this year, we're going to index them more on topic. Great idea. That
0: makes sense.
1: Yeah, one thing that jumps out to me, too, as you girls are both talking is, I guess, two things. One is the idea that you're trained on how to do this right this is something you learn how to do and your teachers are able to help you pull that out i know something that's near and dear to chris's heart as well i mean i can remember growing up thinking that there were these really smart people who lived 250 years ago or 200 years ago and they wrote our constitution and they were and they were just these brilliant people on this pedestal somewhere who just figured out how to do things on their own and and then it turns out as you get older you find out oh they trained all of these skills, right? So mm-hmm. it's not just that you wake up one day and know, oh, these are the three most important parts of this this chapter of or this section of Lord of the Rings. No, you've learned how to look for things and have them right. impact you. And then as the, you do it more and more, it's just like any other skill, you get better at it, and you start to really have things jump off the page of you. And that's what that's what's exciting to me about it. And it was just that was kind of a, a revelation to me as I got older. And so
0: I'm just yeah. so excited to see you guys learn to do this at a young age. Can you do it? Can you start? Can, can the old people participate still? Is it okay? Kelly, you got I mean, a comment? I can't remember
1: book? anything, so I probably should.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we should deal. <do> <laughs> we're going to take a break. I want to come back and actually get real practical about this. Like, how do you do it? Because I, I think this is something that, um, and we're going to hear. I want to hear some actual commonplaces <laughs> and, and see what this really sounds like. But it's a it's something that is a gift. You know, where you're starting in fifth grade in under 50, I think there's a resource there, and it is amazing looking back historically. Thomas Jefferson. Who else? Chris, we also had one of these commonplaces. kind of key people.
2: Oh, I mean, if you think of any um, intellectual, uh, you know, probably 19th century and before, yeah. um, the John Miltons of the world, the yeah. Edmund Burks, the John Locks, they all kept commonplace mm. books.
0: Which basically means they were forgetful. That's what it means. So it's good news. We're all in good company with the greats, <laughs> and we uh, were going to use their tool. We'll be right back after a break here on Basecamp Live.
1: Davies, I don't know about you, but it is really encouraging and exciting to hear all the people out there that are reaching out to us, telling us their stories, giving us a shout out. So good to hear from everybody.
0: I am humbled by this, Kelly, and I'm and I'm so grateful for so many of you that come up to us at conferences or email us or just say, Hey, we're out here, we appreciate um, what base camp has meant, and it means a lot to us. Um, not that we need to have our ego stroked, but it is good to know that. Oh,
1: but we need community. We, we need, need com- to know that other people are with it's us. It's so
0: encouraging, and I want to tell you the number of you who are emailing me, for, literally from around the world. And you know, I, I was looking at just the stats on the back end of you know where are people listening from. There's a huge group of you in Australia and other parts wow. of the world. So um, I'd love to know where you are. Just it however you know to connect our community so just drop us an email info at basecamplive.com love to hear from you it means a lot even if it's just a quick shout out hey we're listening from uh, wherever you are and then we've asked before the climber series some of you uh, many of you have really encouraging stories and if you'd you'd be willing to just share a couple minutes i'd love to interview you
1: what about social media other places to get social
0: media yeah we're really pushing hard right now if you're an instagrammer we we post we actually do a teaser uh, the day before the podcast typically releases on tuesdays some mondays you can get a little audio excerpt from it. And we actually have some fun cartoons we tie into the themes and things. So there's other ways to connect with us. Um, and for sure, if, if we don't have your email, we can also give you updates that way. So just go to BasecampLive.com. The point is, we want to be connected to you. We appreciate you. And we're so thankful you're listening.
1: Let us hear from you.
0: Welcome back to Basecamp Live. We're talking about the life hack. I like to call it common, well, no. I call it life hack. It's a common. It's
1: really hack. cool. It's a good life hack too.
0: And, and we we're just saying... And we'll talk a little bit about why everyone should commonplace. And it's not just if you're in a school that studies great books. Um, it kind of works for all life. And so, you know, Kristen, you want to tell me a little bit about your, um, you do this now on your own. This is kind of your, it's part of your life.
4: Yes, I love, even like if I don't think of it necessarily, oh, I'm going to go do my commonplacing now. But it's kind of like something I just do, especially when I read scripture, is when I really want to get, into the like meat of what a passage is saying is, and I want to remember it, I want to write it down. I want to keep, it, I want to be able to refer back to it because that's really how it gets imprinted in my memory. And once, I feel like once I've written it down, then I can kind of, it has a place in my mind and I can refer yeah. back to it, I can remember it and I can actually start to process what it's saying.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's a whole... Go ahead, Chris.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I was just going to add to that. And this just so everybody knows, this isn't just a feminine practice, something girls do. (laughs) I was going to ask that. (laughs) Yeah, this is important. So this just happened in class today. I thought I would share it. Um, Last week, I assigned six commonplaces, basically one a night. And I was super concerned about my 10th graders having enough commonplacing. And one of the boys said, oh, well, Mr. Brown, I finished the six on Tuesday. I now have 14. Wow. He just so loves... That practice of wow. finding inspirational or beautiful <laughs> quotes and putting them in, in a book that he went way beyond uh, above and beyond what I was asking yeah. him to do. That's, That's encouraging.
0: So, Rivers, read us. What t- t- tell us um, why you what, read it, and then tell us kind of why did it make it to the commonplace book for you?
3: Um, so, this is an excerpt from Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Yeah. Um, and and for the
0: parents that don't know who that is, who's Marcus <laughs> Aurelius? I I know he was.
3: He yeah, he was a philosopher. Um, and his book basically was just a compilation of all of the um, wise thoughts that he had during his life. So it was kind of like a journal, but yeah. not really a journal in a sense. Um, but it's a lot of just really wise statements about things that he'd contemplated over the course okay. of his life.
0: So, which one did you select there?
3: Um, it was one from page 16, and I chose the theme beauty to represent it, but it said. The very proximity of decay lends a special beauty to the fruit um, And I don't remember specifically the context in which we were talking about it, but I do remember the conversation that we had after. It so in wait class. say that one more
0: time for us all people so yeah read that that was, that was amazing Say it again.
3: Um, the very proximity of decay lends a special beauty to the fruit.
0: Okay <laughs> And why so the proximity to um, the decay.
3: Yeah. And so So what was the discussion? Yeah. 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 So I don't remember exactly the context um, from the book, but the conversation we were having in class was, um, about the beauty of older things. Mm. And so when we think about things in our world, like take, for instance, photography, um, most photography we look at is of things that are not typically like an outstanding object. There's something that are kind of off to the side that the artist is then able to capture and make beautiful. Um, The one that sticks in my head is a picture of an old rusty bike. Hmm. Um, I know my cousin took a picture of a bike sitting on the side of the road in Kenya when she was on her mission trip. Um, And things like that, where the beauty of something old that's you know, walked its life out. That's been through the trials and the tough times is something that at like at that point in its life, it's at its peak. It has the most wisdom, the most beauty, the most, um, it's just, it's amazing. That's
0: a great image and a beautiful. And so, and that, that makes me wonder too, if you, as far as other mediums of, of sketches or even photography, maybe if you took a photo on that trip of that bike and then it kind of, you put it with that particular passage, that seems like a pretty powerful connection to make.
3: Yeah, for sure. Illustration is one of the huge things of commonplacing as well. I think if you're art- artistic, I'm not. <laughs> um,
4: but if Kristen wants to share, she can talk a little. Yeah,
0: bit Yeah, I want to hear about. Do you have some examples? Do you do you draw in your commonplace book? I
4: personally don't draw in my commonplace book, but I have known people who do amazing art in their commonplace mm-hmm. books, and it's more than just the words. The words transcend. The beauty transcends the written word. It's really just what. Like through their imagination, what this, what these words, what the impact they had on them, and like the output of that, yeah. the output of their imagination.
0: That's exciting. Well, that's a, yeah. Go think ahead. about
1: how many things Rivers though <laughs> just pulled out of her memory from just having that one quote. It, right it, now, she's got. That idea, she remembers the quote, that triggers the discussion, which triggers a memory yeah. of her cousin, which triggers a memory of a picture. I mean, just like... Just and now I want to go mission rich. trip to that, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just rich. <laughs> and that's the reason... Yeah. This is why Chris loves this so much, right? And why the kids buy into it. Right, so.
0: right. You're right, because you're. it's in there because it evokes something in you mm-hmm. and it stirred you. And that's ultimately what this education is. It's forming what you love and it's not just a cognitive facts of... I mean, think about... Compare this to spark notes or cliff notes i mean what a direct opposite that is just like <laughs> let's gut anything in there but just the bare bones of who did what when and how so we can pass the test i mean this is the rich stuff here so chris if walk us through it, it, again i'm thinking both in terms of people that this is the first time they've ever even thought about this how do you get started with it or just even for you know students or teachers that are maybe starting down that path like i want to make sure we're doing it right because to your point it'd be easy to hear it at face value and go, complacing is i'm just going to write what I felt about that verse. Like, let's make sure we're doing it the right way. So give us some pointers on how to do it right.
2: Yeah, I think in order to do it right, the very first question you have to ask yourself is, what is your goal? You know, what are you hoping to accomplish here? And I think for... Um, uh, you know, for the Ambrose School at least, you know we have four goals or four things we hope to to accomplish through placing, One of which you've already touched on, which you know, common commonplace book serves as a uh, reader's memory, of, mm-hmm. uh, um, a repository that they can go back to really their whole life. Uh, another thing that commonplaceing does for us is it demands attentive reading. So we've all, this is human nature, we've all had that experience where we sit down and we read for 20 minutes, and we read three pages, and then we stop and realize we have no recollection of exactly what it is we just read, <laughs> yeah. and you have to go back and reread those three pages. Whereas when, if, if you're approaching the reading, looking for something specific, it demands your the reader's attention. Yeah. Um, and then it also requires students, well, people, it requires us to engage with the material um, the text beyond just glancing over the words so uh, and this is where illustrations are super helpful like you're thinking about the ideas or what's the beauty what what's transcendent in this text and illustrations are helpful because that's another way of interpreting a passage um, yeah, it's one thing to, to just copy down the words, think through, okay, how would I categorize this idea? Is it justice? Is it beauty? Is it, it duty or desire? Is it evil, good versus evil? How would I categorize yeah. it? And then when you put it into a commonplace book that's also categorized by topic, you then have it, you know, that author in the same uh, you know, often on the same page with other great authors mm-hmm. who have also um, mm-hmm. re- talked to that. And then just on a really, I mean, this, this is um, our science guy, Mr. Hosier, loves to to quote the studies that prove that kinesthetic process of mm-hmm. an, um, copying something from one place into another, breaking it down into its, um, principal parts or its clauses and copying it on from one page onto another is just the best way to memorize something yeah. to get it from the written word into your heart.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's right. The more we engage it, the more we're going to remember it. And, and this is really, um, convicting, I think maybe is a good word that this is, I mean, how much of life again just slips through our fingers or we, we think it. So, so uh, ladies, there are times that you're just in, you know, are you watching? I mean, can you watch a movie and go, that was an amazing line and you grab your commonplace book? I mean, does it extend way beyond and just in terms of how you do life a little bit?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think like the Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite movies and book series, you know, it's just like both. And like, especially like even when I'm watching the movies, like there will be a line, that's common with the book, but that I just think, and I, I just sit there and I think that's so profound. Hmm. And like even the smallest person can change the course of the future. That it, that's deep right there. <laughs> and that's something that yes, I would commonplace. Um, but even just like when I think about it, it's just inspirational for yeah. me.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I keep thinking maybe there's somebody listening that's a technologist. I think it. This is an interesting. I keep thinking, how do you make a digital commonplace book? And that maybe just blew everything you said, Chris, cause we're not, we're supposed to be <laughs> writing it down, but there's a part of me that thinks just cause we're out doing life. I mean, I want a commonplace life. I mean, it, you know, we're, we're taking our seniors to Europe in two weeks and there's a piece of art, like take a photo of the art, capture it, talk about the reaction you had to it. And, or you're reading a book on your Kindle and you think, could you block that, save that, and then put it over to a digital commonplace. So I'm just thinking for sure, all I'm saying is that there's so much in life that we miss and then is there a better way to capture it? And I think what you're doing and you through school is it's the old pencil paper method, but it is really important to carry that through all the way through life. So it'll be interesting to have a 50 year reunion with students someday and have them <laughs> dig out the commonplace book and, hopefully they'll continue on with it. So,
2: yeah. And if I can add, you don't have to be sheepish in talking about a digital commonplace, book. <laughs> because if, if the, you just, go back it at the four reasons, cl- you still accomplish three of the four, mm. which is not bad. It's no, I'll the take one the, you're missing yeah. is the, you know, the right. process of copying. Well, it, and I
0: say that because it, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about it my, you know, in my life or just those, who aren't in school. I mean, clearly when you're in school, in fact, we have our school binds, it's beautiful. It's a bound, um, Book that is for the three stages, you know, of the grammar, logic, and rhetoric, and so they're different colors, and they actually have a little bookmark. I'm looking at right now. I think that it, that's inspirational, and you can. The more you do, the more volumes you have. So you graduate, and you've got several of these. But most of us, when you're doing life, or you're watching Lord of the Rings. You probably don't have that. Lord of the commonplace, <laughs> at least I don't know if you do. I'm. I don't even know. What, I, that's awesome, but I guess most of us don't carry it everywhere. How can you capture it in the moment wherever you are, whether it's it, it's a line you've heard in a play or a movie or piece of art because all of these things I want to capture, they're so rich. And then they interconnect, which is amazing.
1: Voice text.
0: There you go. That's my answer to that. Okay. We'll work on that. Let's <laughs> develop a base camp <laughs> commonplace app. That's what we designed. That's perfect. That would be <laughs> So we'll okay. get, well, Chris, any, any kind of parting words of wisdom just for those who are trying to understand how to implement this in their school or what well, are some. Yeah.
2: Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the real challenge just like Boil it down to brass tacks. The real challenge for teachers and parents probably um, is you know, the goal isn't to get to build the habit of common placing in them. Yes, that is a goal, it's not the goal. Really, what we hope to do is cultivate in them a love for doing it and that's why we have Kristen and Rivers here today is because yeah. they have embraced the practice of common placing yeah. and so you have to be you know we tr- really try to encourage our tre- teachers to be very uh, intentional in the common placing and how they do it and why they do it and what they ask students to do yeah. if it's just busy work or grinding through passages right. it's it actually defeats the purpose of trying to cultivate that right. love in them for right. doing it. Well and
0: that's why I asked earlier it's not just, I want to please my teacher. What's my teacher's favorite verse? Let me go find it. It's actually find the verse that, or I'm calling it a verse, it, it, or the passage that's
2: um, really stirred you and connected with you most. So, yeah. Well, I think you, you, you hit on part of that. How do you cultivate a love in students for doing it? Part of it is allowing them to bring in other um, quotes from outside of just what we're reading. So for example, uh, earlier this semester, I had a seventh grade boy (laughs) super excited because we had gone over commonplacing and I had had reserved the title page for their favorite quote. And this boy, 12 years old, comes up to me, I mean, and he is glowing, he is radiant. And he (laughs) said, Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, I think I've got the quote for my title page. And I said, oh, hey buddy, that's cool, what is it? He goes, oh, it's the moment from the Avengers movie where (laughs) Thor does something and You know, Black Widow says to Captain America, "Well, you can't do that. He's a god." And Captain America responds and says, "Ma'am, there's only one god, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that." <laughs> <laughs> that was his great quote that he was so <laughs> excited to capture for well, hey, time immemorial. Well, in he his will never forget book. it. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Well, that's good. And again, I, I appreciate in our. I think sometimes in our seriousness as is, is, is classical Christian and we're not pop culture people, we would, well, we don't want that in there. We only want Marcus Aurelius. And it's like, well, actually, if you allow students to find things that really bring them joy and delight, and there's nothing wrong with that. It makes them love this commonplace. And so,
2: that's my philosophy. I, no, I think you're, I think <laughs> that's
0: really a, a wise teacher, parent insight. So, uh, so Rivers, how about one more as we close it out and give me what, you made it all, its, all this way into the commonplace book. What's another one and why is it there?
3: Um, let's see. Uh, also from Marcus Aurelius on page 33, I titled it Consistency. Um, it says, be like the rocky headland on which the waves constantly break. It stands firm and round, and round it seething, waters are laid to rest. Um, and that was one of the ones that made it in there because the teacher brought it up, um, which obviously those are not any less special than the ones I put in there, <laughs> but... Um, it didn't hit me when I was doing the reading and it struck me really hard when the teacher was doing the lecture about our reading. Um, and you know, life has its ups and downs. People go through trials, people struggle. Um, and for me at that point in my life, something consistent, something strong that was able to withstand the tests of life and the tests of time was a huge, like Mm -hmm. it hit home for Mm -hmm. me really big. So Um, you read it one more time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It says, uh, be like the rocky headland on which the waves constantly break. It stands firm, and round it, seething waters are laid to rest. Mm.
0: That's beautiful. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Write that down quick. I'm, uh, I'm
1: going to forget it. voice text. No, <laughs> seriously, Just and it's really cool. Obviously, listeners can't see the visual here, but yeah. I mean, these guys are both, Kristen Rivers are both hearing these things, and you can see they're kind of remembering the conversation. Like, it, it's just real. It's become something that's very much imprinted in their minds yeah. and, and in their experience, and and thank yeah. you, Chris, for being such an advocate for this, and, Absolutely. and for other teachers at the school that have really made this and trained this this skill in these kids. Well, I feel like you
0: know it, it, this is a very specific topic, but the overarching objective of of forming what our children love. What is mm-hmm. that? It sounds very. It's inspir- great. What does that mean? Well, this is how you do it. You actually put things before, and as you guys before you that. Again, Rivers, you're saying like the teacher brought that up and all of a sudden it was just like this moment of discovery. Like that is really good. And then you captured it and now you have got you can interface with it and it'll, it'd will it be interesting as another, maybe we'll do a part two, like bring papers you've written. And I'd be curious where these reappear because I'm sure they must as you're writing like, oh, wait a minute. That sounds like this idea of beauty. Wait, I know who said that and you can find it. So what a gift to have an index mm. that you've created of, of your own readings. It's amazing. So. Chris, thank you for being here.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. Yes. And uh, Kelly, let's go work
0: on some other life hacks. Yeah. This is a good one.
2: Thanks Rivers and Chris. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: You. All right. All right. Off to Commonplace. place. Here we go.
1: That's a wrap on another episode of base camp live and guys. We know it is not easy raising the next generation. This idea of ancient future education. It's so valuable. It's so important. We're all excited about it. We'd love to hear about you and we want us to help support you in what you're doing. so, Find us, tweet us at Basecamp Live. If you're on Instagram, look for us there. Send us an email info at basecamplive.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us help you carry the load along this journey and help encourage us as we go through this journey as well. Thank you so much.